welcome everybody to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Ryan Bonaparte. And we have got a... Hey, hey, oh man, you ruined it. (laughs) I was going to make you a surprise guest. But you heard her voice there. Uh, That is the one and only Game Day Gabby. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Did you get desperate and need a third? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, we went down our Rolodex. No one else was available. And I was like, I guess we could do this Gabby person. Uh, So she's back. desperate for me, so... (laughs) I got really desperate for me. (laughs) So we are going to cover Purdue men's basketball's victory over Michigan and Michigan State. Um, And then look at what the women's team has been up to. Uh, They had a huge road victory against number two Ohio State as well as one other ranked uh, road win. So uh, Coach Gerald is really putting something together there, so we're going to cover that in the second half of the show. And then we're going to look ahead to the rest of uh, this week's schedule for Purdue men's basketball. So I want to do a quick question at the top. It is basketball-related. I will go Gabby first and then Ryan. Uh, Were you incredibly surprised that Purdue was unanimous number one today? No. I mean... There really was no other team. I mean, you could say Tennessee's getting hot, but, I mean, you had to pick Purdue at this point. I figured they'd be unanimous. Yeah, Ryan? Absolutely not. I mean, they took all of Alabama's number one votes. So, yeah, Tennessee is not up there yet, but I'm sure there's people on the Internet who will say they are. Yeah, that see, that's what I was worried about. I was worried about some, like, mm-hmm. lone sports writer who – covers Tennessee or, you know, covers somebody is like, well, I, I don't want anybody to be unanimous and then just goes and, and votes for him. So yeah. that was my only worry. I mean, if you look at the schedule, their wins, I mean, they're just, I mean, I don't know how you couldn't pick them at this point. No, I, I agree. I agree. So we have got two Purdue men's basketball wins to cover. First, of course, Purdue goes into Ann Arbor uh, and takes down Michigan. And uh, I know, Ryan, they have Michigan has one of your favorite players on the team, don't they? Uh, Hunter Dickinson. How how did that match up with Zach Eady go? Well, I mean, Hunter Dickinson scored some more points. He scored twenty one to Zach Eady's nineteen. He got mugged by an octopus before the game, <laughs> and uh, he did his weird his obnoxious thing between his legs. Ugh. Yeah. So uh, he was Hunter Dickinson for sure, but. Uh, Purdue won, so whatever. Yeah, I his his celebration after he hits a shot is so incredibly annoying to me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know <laughs> what exactly he thinks guys. he's doing. Yeah, I guess. Has, mm-hmm. Oh my god, he, I am going to be three so glad when that guy's gone. Deep. Yeah, three of seven from deep really exudes BDE. <laughs> And for those of you listening who don't know what that is, just go ahead and Google it, uh, but don't Google it on a work computer. Yeah, uh, safe search off. Yeah, yeah, we, we don't want anybody to get in any trouble. Um, but, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's still, you know, Michigan not really having the best year, but still great to go on the road, win at Michigan, something that Purdue has really struggled with in recent years. Um, so, other than, obviously, Zach Eady you know, had a really great game, went up against another one of the really, I mean, as much as we rag on Dickinson, he is a very good big man, especially in the Big Ten. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Purdue had two other guys in double figures. Fletcher Lawyer had 17, and Braden Smith had 10. Um, Who else kind of stood out to you as as making a difference in this game? Gabby, I'll go to you first. 
You know, I'm looking back. <laughs> this is bad. I forgot we played in Michigan for a second. Because I was so focused on Michigan State. Well, you know, um, it was so the, the Michigan State game felt a lot bigger for whatever reason. Yeah, and I always get scared going in there. Um, I remember, gosh, did Jenkins hit some big uh, threes off the bench that game too? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Jenkins yeah. was two, two for two threes. from three, yeah. Yeah, and which is kind of same thing with Michigan State, the bench kind of stepping up when we need them. I mean, they're not obviously going to be your high scores, but they kind of come in moments when you need them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan, what about you? There's one guy I, I want to talk about, but I want to see if you mention him first. Okay, um, so I, again, did not watch this. I was oh, come on! I listened to it on the radio. That's okay, okay that counts. That counts. So um, I didn't see everything i mean i knew hunter dickinson did his stupid ass celebration anyway <laughs> but um trey kaufman wren got going oh the yeah he was that's who i was that's who i was gonna four. mention yeah mm-hmm. yep and he carried it over into the michigan state game as well so he's picking it up he's getting sort of that secondary coming off the bench role where he's taking over as the big instead of caleb first and his footwork is just so good. I mean, the way he can pivot and just kind of um, just sort of like swim around a defender and just kind of roll it in has been really effective. Lately. I almost I almost thought Tukier kind of hit that freshman wall. And mm-hmm. so I was wondering what was going to kind of happen to him the rest of the season. But, yeah, you're right. These last two games where he's kind of finding his stride again. I mean, he d- his only problem is he pushes off a lot yeah, with he his does. shoulder and gets called for it every time. Yeah. So if you could stop that, but yeah, his like slow post moves are phenomenal. Yeah, and I mean mm-hmm. he is so good with his pivot feet. I mean he he just can like spin around. Uh, like Ryan said, really good footwork. He does look. I mean, you know, he he is a redshirt freshman, so he looks kind of like harried all the time. Like he's always trying to move a little faster than I think he's processing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he really has picked it up. I mean, four for four, uh, eight points in only nine minutes too. So that was, that was very good. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's really good to see him take that next step forward because he was such a highly touted recruit and to have him redshirt last year, I think was a coup for painter. Um, and now he's a guy who can come in and really continue to learn under guys like Caleb first and Zach Eady and be brought along a little slower. And I think it's, you can kind of see it, uh, paying dividends. Excuse me, dividends right now, and that, and that's awesome for the team. Yeah, so I mean, we don't want to harp on this one too much because obviously the Michigan State game is is fresher in our mind, and and as I said, it felt bigger uh, just because it was Michigan State. Even though this Michigan game was on the road, you know, it's always hard to win on the road. Uh, but the Michigan State game, I think, was one most of us were were a little more worried about since we had gone to East Lansing and only won by one point. So um, we're going to switch over to that game. Um, now, this was, I'll admit, I was a little worried about the t-shirt aspect of this game because we're playing Michigan State, and we do a whiteout. I win. know. I did not. I love the shirt, but the I'd, whiteout, yeah. no. Love the no. shirt. Absolutely love the shirt. Really hope I can find a way to get my hands on one. But, the you know, doing a whiteout against a team whose main cheer is go green, go white. Yeah. I'm like, Ugh. I don't know. I'm just like... But it did look cool. They when they were showing videos of it with like the black lights and the you know everyone's phone going off, the white shirts. Mm-hmm. It did look cool. Yeah. But I was very skeptical of the whiteout. Yeah. Yeah. It was maybe 
maybe it's just me. I maybe it's my youthful in- ignorance, but <laughs> I liked the whiteout. Um, I you know I understand it's against Michigan State, but like. Judging by the results, we can keep doing well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but you know, mm-hmm. it, for me, I would rather do a whiteout against a team who one of their primary colors is not white. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, there's a lot of Big Ten teams who have white in their colors, so it's a little harder. But you know, uh, the the end result can't complain about it. But you know, this game was just fantastic from start to finish. Um, Purdue dominated the entire game, and it just, you know, 77-61 was the final, and Purdue was up by 20 multiple times in the second half. Just an absolutely beautiful, beautiful ball game. Um, Ryan, since I let Gabby go first earlier, I'll push to you. Um, who stood out to you um, other than Zach Eady? Because we're going to give Zach Eady okay. his own time. Yeah, um, so for me... It- it wasn't Zach Eady, but David Jenkins Jr. He absolutely killed it off the bench yeah. in this one. Um, he shot three huge shots. I believe they that his shot before halftime is three broke the um, decibel level record at Mackey. Yeah, that's what he they had. One hundred twenty-three point two decibels. So, like you know, just a jet engine going on, right. like ten feet from you. You know. Get every Apple Watch in there is telling you to turn it down. <laughs> right, you get that little <laughs> notification. <laughs> so he just had an awesome day, and his leadership. When you talk, you hear him talk after the game. He's talking about sending text messages to the younger guys, and he's talking about team first. It is just awesome, and he's finally getting into that role. So if that keeps up, just oh man, another weapon on this. Yeah. Yeah, it, as you as you said, his interview after the game, I mean, he was just so humble about everything. Like, you know, I love playing here at Purdue. This is a great arena, great fans. Um, but, you know, most important are my teammates. You know, we played great. We're always, you know, working together, trying to find a way to make the extra pass. Um, and you just love to hear that. You love to see a guy who came into the program for just one year, and he's really kind of taken on not only a leadership role, but he's he's molded into a Purdue basketball player, you know, making the extra pass, doing the dirty work, and and really becoming exactly what we hoped he could be. So it's just incredible to see. Um, sure. Gabby, is there anybody else uh, who stood out other than, again, other than Edie, because we're going to talk about I, him in a moment. I'm going to take the generic answer here just because you did mention Jenkins. Obviously, he had a great night. Um, but kind of just a little bit of from everyone, the yeah. whole team thing. Yeah, that's true. Obviously, Smith, um, well, I think he had three points. Lawyer had nine. Um, I don't know. What did TKR end up having? Uh, TKR had just four. Okay, four. Um, Morton had a three, I remember. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of just everybody contributing. And even, like, Izzo gave praise to first. He doesn't shoot a lot. You don't. The offense maybe isn't run through him as much, but just did a lot of little things uh, to help us win. And that's kind of been the story of this team. They all kind of contributed. Everybody contributes something small that makes for big, big wins. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, everybody just found a way to contribute, um, to your point. You know, 
even if they didn't put up you know ridiculous amount of points, they're still in the box score. They're still getting rebounds. Um, they're still making hustle plays, and the defensive effort by Purdue was was great. And Gillis got his uh, little time doing the alley oops to Edie. Yeah. Smith this time. He got yeah. his hands on it. I loved it. Yeah, uh, I mean, this team is just so fun to watch. Everybody can can be a star on any given night. And now that we've talked about those around him, uh, I mean, what else can we really say about Zach Eady? He played 31 minutes, almost 32, uh, eight for, or I'm sorry, 15 of 24 from the floor, eight of 12 at the free throw line, 13 rebounds, no turnovers um, after having four against Michigan. So he I'm confused because I remember him throwing the ball away like once or twice. So I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody else touched it and they credited it to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, but, someone's paying the stats. Yeah, official box <laughs> score is he had zero. So uh, wound up 38 and 13, uh, new career high, and you could tell he wanted to come in and get 40. Um, and I think mm-hmm. Painter let him go back in, stayed for about a minute or so, and then when he missed that that layup and then missed a free throw, it was like, all right, you, you got to get out now. Well, so, Painter, so said, actually- Painter said that, yeah, it was because Michigan State put their bigs back in. and so I don't know that I buy league. that. I don't know. There was like, a minute left. There, yeah, there was like two minutes left <laughs> in the game, and we were up by 16, 18 at that point. Yeah, I know. Apparently, Kaufman Wren actually like advocated to Matt Painter's like, "All right, don't put me in. Let Zach go get 40. And he seemed sad to go in. He did. He did. Yeah. I, I was kind of annoyed with everybody, or a little bit with the comments, like I'm, the announcer saying, "Like this is so unpainter like." And like, yeah, maybe it is, but maybe that's a good thing. Like, I mean, obviously, you don't want him to get hurt, but dude's up for National Player of the Year, like. Let him let him yeah. get it. Let him hit forty. Like, why why do we always the ones that have to be the humble ones who sits down and like, I don't know. I, I was kind of wanted him to get it. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, mm-hmm. Painter does have a, have a reputation of being you know very respectful. The, the guy who's not going to pour it on. He's going to look out for the other team and the other coach. He doesn't want to embarrass anybody. But at the same time, as you said, Gabby, Zach Eady, National Player of the Year candidate, front runner. You know, by all by all measures. So go out, let him go out and showcase it a little bit. You know, if he has a goal that he wants to hit, you're the coach, let him, let him go out there, play a few extra minutes, kind of get to that point. There's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, I'm sure if it was the other way around, Izzo would put his player of the year out there to do it. So, uh, you know, Izzo's earned that respect. And I think Painter has too. Um, You got to let your guys play their game and I don't think Painter was doing anything unnecessary to rub it in. Uh, you know, we weren't even at our our high lead of the game at that point. So, um, you know, I, I was okay with it. I don't think there was a problem personally. Yeah. And this was the first time the paint crew saw the number one overall yeah. team in the country. Like, if Matt Painter or if Zach Eady had gotten forty, the roof may have come off of Matt. Eady. Yeah, <laughs> like it was supercharged anyway. And the entire stadium just wanted that to happen so bad. They almost willed the ball in for an and one to get him to yeah, 39. Yeah, that was so and close. The free throw would have gave him 40. So the only thing, they didn't draw up a play for Zach Eady. I believe they took a three at that point. But 
Oh, well. I, I wanted him to it's shoot a three so bad. I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just needed the three points, and it was just like, eh, just, you just shoot it <laughs> just, just to see. Just shoot it. Yeah. Yeah, never take a mid-range, but take a three. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, so I know, I, I'm sure the two of you have opinions on uh, Tom Izzo getting a technical foul after the first half ended, and so giving Purdue two free throws as the second half started. Um, Gabby, I know you've got pretty strong opinions about Tom Izzo and, and everything, so I'd love to hear how you, <laughs> how you reacted when you heard that bit of news. Well, I wasn't even sure when it was over. It turns out it was over that screen, which clearly was an illegal screen because he tripped Morton. Yeah. So I don't I, – I mean, I don't understand what he was mad about. But yeah, I posted the video of him saying, "Are you effing that bad yeah. to his player?" Um, so I mean, he was going to get teed up. It, it, it's just inevitable with him. Ryan, what, what did you think? I hate Tom Izzo. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, you know what? The man can coach basketball, but I cannot stand Tom Izzo. Oh my God. He's he's a seventy five year old baby. I mean, he whines about literally everything, and he did it for a purpose because when Tom Mizzo gets a tech, instantly the refs change the game. So that is that's he's on the court within time. like the first three minutes. Oh yeah, it's every time. Yes, and I mean Tom right. Mizzo for some reason doesn't bother me probably as much as like Brad Underwood. I oh mean, man, he's a Underwood baby, Underwood looks Underwood like he's gonna just. just Explode. He, yeah, his head is going to just blow one day. I mean, he's going to have a heart attack on the sideline. And quick fact check to Ryan, Tom Izzo, 68 years old. Okay, so. <laughs> but, yeah. It does make, right. it does make way, you appreciate Painter because, Painter, you never see him get like that, ever. Almost to a fault, though. Almost. Because there are those <laughs> who say he should get teed up more often. I don't agree with those people, personally. I Okay. I, yeah, the internet says a lot of things. I'll be devil's advocate. I wouldn't mind a painter tech once in a while. You just fire a little bit once in a while. Get, you know, if, I don't know. If Not you get all the, same the time. Don't be a baby. Gets, yeah. But when it's when it's justified, yeah. I mean, let's mm-hmm. go. I mean, I know you know Gene Cady was known for getting a tech a time or two, throwing his his jacket into the into the bench and all that. But it just seems. I don't know how the the Purdue team would react to Painter getting a tech, since he since it happens so rarely, and it seems so out of character for him at this point. Plus, I hate giving the team the the opponent free points. Um, yeah. But I mean, it, Painter knows more than we do. So if he ever busts out a strategic tech, if his team looks like crap, uh, who am I to who am I to argue? So um, there's at least one other thing about this game that I think obviously it didn't cause any problems in this game, um, but was an issue. Uh, Purdue 12 of 22 at the free throw line um, did not look good. Ethan Morton especially, one for six. Um, Zach Eady still, I mean, good for a guy his size, but eight of 12. Uh, Do we think this is something we have to worry about, or is this just a a one-off scenario here? I think it's a one-off. More in the boat, it's a one-off. Yeah, because Purdue at at Michigan went 16 of 20, so 80% from there. Um, It was just sometimes you get a little jittery. You know how big of a game this is, and a lot of them just kind of – a lot of them went off the front. Morns were bad. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Words were bad. I remember them being like really short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And w- one last thing about this game. I've always, you know, thought of Michigan State not only as like one of the top programs in the conference, but also the fact that they've always been known as such a good rebounding team. Um, that was kind of one of their identities, at least back when, you know, in the Stone Age when I was at Purdue uh, in 2000, uh, 2008 um, was <laughs> when I graduated undergrad. And they were just always known as such a great rebounding team. And in this game, they had 26 rebounds. Purdue had 37. So, I mean, Purdue has just become such such a good rebounding team. Obviously, it helps to have a seven foot four uh, guy paroling a lane, but it, it's just such a change from where this team was, you know, a few years ago. And it, it has really been just something that is that has just been a wonder to me over these last years to see mm-hmm. that change. Well, not just Edie; it's our little guy out there, mm-hmm. by Ben Brain Smith, that's mm-hmm. constantly covered up with the rebounds. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, you know. Uh, Morton had six as well in this game. Caleb first with five. So everybody gets involved, and uh, it's just it's a it's a great asset to this team. So uh, final call on anything for this Michigan State game. So what is more dumb if Purdue does a whiteout or if IU does a blackout? <laughs> I mean, because both happened this week. Wait, what? Wait, IU so did a blackout. IU did a blackout this week. against who? Um, I believe, was that the Ohio State game? Or are you talking about just their lights went out because the stadium is falling apart? <laughs> <laughs> no, Disassembly Hall is another thing, but no, they actually had a blackout last week. I missed, I completely missed that. And at least white is part of our colors. I was going to say, that's worse because mm-hmm. there's no black in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, white isn't really a part of yeah. our colors either, but every it's team has every color. E- yeah. I mean, every team has a white Jersey. Cause yeah, it, but IU doesn't have a black Jersey. That's true. That's true. So that's very weird. Very weird. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I had not seen that. So, uh, there we go. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to look at how, uh, Katie Gerald's and the women's team have been doing. We'll be right back. And we're back. So, as promised, we're going to take a look at the Purdue women's team, who are currently on a three-game win streak, winners of four of their last five. Two of those games, uh, the two most recent, have been on the road against ranked opponents. Uh, they beat 22-ranked Illinois, 62-52. to And then this last Sunday, they defeated number two Ohio State, 73-65. to So, um, Gabby, what can you tell us about these recent road victories and kind of uh, how Purdue has gotten to this point. Um, well, I mentioned in my article a couple weeks ago that things were a little bleak because Purdue lost <laughs> four or five and lost at home to Nebraska. And then um, they kind of bounced back with that Minnesota. Then they had the gauntlet of Illinois, Ohio State, IU coming up. Yeah. Two on the road. It, you know, you hope to maybe come away with one of those um, and move up here in this Big Ten. They go to Illinois, who is the best three-point shooting team in the conference and hold them to 15% uh, from behind, from beyond the arc. So completely shut them down by the second half, looked defeated. Defense was just phenomenal. Uh, then they had OSU, which OSU just dropped to Iowa and IU. Um, so I kind of thought this is going to be a bloodbath. They need a win. It's at home against Purdue, who is playing good, but not great. And Purdue just comes out firing 
Uh, Abby Ellis at five from eight from uh, three uh, ended up with 26 points and they just completely shut them down in the first half. Ohio state did end up coming back in the fourth and tied it up at 58. Um, but uh, Maddie Layden hit a three and, and then another layup and Purdue was able to pull away with their biggest win in program history on the road. So yeah. awesome for these girls uh, they got momentum on the side going into IU, who's tough. Yeah. Uh, they just moved up to number four. So, I mean, obviously anything can happen with a little Mackie magic. And uh, I'm hoping these girls can pull out three rank wins in a row. Yeah, I mean, that that would be just an incredible streak to have those three ranked wins. And I know um, the game against IU is coming up this Sunday. It's at 2 p.m. And the women's basketball team, for any of our listeners who are in, you know, the surrounding area they are really trying to sell out Mackey for that game uh, and as of five hours ago from this recording so that would be about 3 30 on Monday they tweeted that there are less than 1500 tickets remaining uh, for the game against number four IU so uh, IU is going to be a tough game uh, they are very very good but the the better crowd we can have, as Gabby said, the more Mackie magic we can have in there, uh, the better it will be for the team. So it it would just be great for any of our listeners to go out there, buy a ticket, support the women's team, support Katie Gerald's, because uh, she is really, really working hard to get this team back to where most of us remember it. You know, back when Purdue had won a national title, went to the national title game, um, you know, uh, right after, and then... Uh, numerous elite eights, numerous sweet 16s. And then, you know, under Sharon Versup at the end thing, the wheels just fell off and mm-hmm. it, she, Gerald's came in with a very big hole to dig herself out of. Um, and she's really working hard to get out of that hole. So kudos to her. I was going to say, it doesn't hope it happen overnight. Um, but her, what she's done this season. And I think if she can continue and they'll probably let, five to six big 10 teams in the tournament. I think we're the first four out right now, but if we can move up, you know, to fifth in the big 10, you know, we might get a bid. So pretty amazing. in our yeah. second year there. Yeah. And that, and that would be huge progress just to get in the tournament. Um, yeah. So, you know, as, as I said, we knew when Katie Gerald's was, was announced as the coach in waiting at the time um, that she had a really good resume as a coach Obviously, a fantastic player, a great career at Purdue, um, so a Purdue legend in her own right. And that's always tough to come in where you were a legend and be the coach um, because no one wants to have to fire uh, you know, a, a legend from your school. Um, that's why I always, when people are like, Drew Brees should come in and coach. I'm like, imagine being the guy that has to fire Drew Brees. Um, that would not be fun. So uh, she is, she's really working to turn this around, and it is really exciting because – you know, the, the women's team, on the whole, more successful than the men's team uh, historically. So I would really love to get back to that. So Purdue also receiving votes this week. Right. Um, so had they been ranked, I did a little research here today, this would have been the first time in 30 years that both Indiana and Purdue have a ranked women's and men's team the same week. Wow. Hey, maybe, so. maybe by the time... We play them and Mackey. There you go. It'll be by next week. Couple yeah. weeks. Yeah. I mean, Purdue women's wins this week against IU. 
I think they'd get ranked, and I don't think Indiana's going to drop out of the rankings. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Going from four to unranked would be quite the the fall. Mm Mm-hmm. So it it could happen in in 49 states. It's just basketball. (laughs) So Purdue right now uh, looks like they have seven games left in conference play. Um, You know, it looks like a couple of them are against some teams that, as uh, we know, are are not that great. Purdue travels to Minnesota. Um, So that hopefully would be a win. Uh, Purdue has already beaten Northwestern once, and then they get them at home. So you would hope they can at least win those two. Uh, two games left against IU, and then Rutgers, uh, Michigan State, and Penn State. So uh, still some some tough games left. Um, Purdue has already lost to Penn State this year, but maybe we can get them um, when we're at Mackey. So it'll be interesting to see where they wind up. Uh, last game of the season is the 26th of February. But as we said, we really want to have anybody who's listening uh, go out and buy a ticket for that game coming up against IU February 5th, 2 p.m. Uh, it would be great to fill up Mackey Arena uh, for Katie Geralds and the women. So um, anything else on the women's squad before we look ahead uh, to the the next men's games? Don't think so. All right. So Purdue men now. Uh, next game coming up is again at Mackey Arena. It is the return game for Penn State. This one obviously not being played uh, at some weird arena, actually being played on a college <laughs> arena. So Purdue versus Penn State. Purdue was uh, victorious in the Palestra, uh, 76 to 63, the first time they played. But this this game, you know, is a little worrisome just because uh, Penn State does have some players on that squad. Yeah, yeah they're playing. And, Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, yeah, I mean, you look at Seth Lundy and Jalen Pickett. Those are your two main scoring threats but Penn State just has about five or six players who can just get hot from beyond the arc and absolutely go and you know Micah Shrewsbury is going to be amped up for this game coming back to Mackey so he's going to have his team going and getting ready but you almost you don't want to say it's a trap game but you almost want to say it's a trap game. <laughs> Purdue's got Indiana this weekend in what looks to be the best matchup between these two teams in years. But you have to focus on Penn State first. Yeah. We're gonna I'm gonna be one of the Facebook people one game at a time this <laughs> week. So You're so right. And it's so funny because like every time I look at like the next three to four games, I'll be like, Okay, this is potentially a trap game. And then we mm-hmm. win them all. <laughs> like, right. okay. This is the next trap game, yeah. and I agree. Mm-hmm. Penn State is dangerous from three. Look what they did to IU. Look what they did to Michigan. Um, I think that they're going to try to shut Edie down as much as possible and make him throw out and make us beat them from three, Yeah, um, which we could do, and it's a Mackey, but, I, I mean, it's not going to be an easy game. It's no. definitely – it never is. Yeah. Yeah, I no mean – that easy games. Yeah, and that was their – kind of their uh, plan when we played them in Philly. They threw everything they had at Edie and wanted uh, Smith and Lawyer to beat them from deep. And Lawyer really struggled in the first half and then came out in the second half on fire and really just put the game away. Um, mm-hmm. But to, to Ryan's point, Pickett is the one that really worries me. Um, Purdue didn't have much of an answer for him in the first game. So I'm anxious to see what Painter can draw up to kind of slow him down. 
Yeah, we'll see how well the rims work for him this time. I mean, he was making some circus yeah. shots. Yeah, he made time. some tough shots for sure, <laughs> for sure. So maybe maybe the Polestra rims are just a little different. Yeah, yeah. So now we're gonna record another podcast before the IU game, but it is IU week, so we hate IU. So we're gonna talk about him uh, one game <laughs> at a time, whatever, whatever. Uh, but Purdue obviously goes into Bloomington. First matchup of the season, February 4th, 4 p.m. tip. So, I mean, we're all scared about this game, right? Just because it's on the road? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Scared. Well, I just found out it's on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) It's on Sunday for some reason. So, yeah. I I mean, if you look at the schedule, this is a game you could see losing. I mean, it's going to be, first of all, well, they beat us last year, but we've had their number for a long time. Tennessee hit that crazy three at the end of last yeah. year's game. But it's going to be the most hostile environment these freshmen have seen. Yeah. Um, they're going to do anything. You know, you got the assembly called refs going to be on their side. It's it's going to be a dogfight. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan, what do you yeah. think? I There's a couple things. I just pray we don't get Courtney Green. Oh, God, that guy's the worst. Just just throwing that one out there. Uh, and so, see, when it comes to IU, I'm very spoiled. I went five years at Purdue. Not once did I see a Purdue loss to Indiana. In God, basketball. that's crazy. That is crazy <laughs> to me. Yeah, for five straight years. I mean, they uh, were bad. Yes, they were. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was a spoiled child. But, um yeah, as long as as long as some people bring umbrellas, they won't have to deal with falling shrapnel. Hey, man, that did you see that shrapnel? That will go right through your umbrella. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that place is I, in shambles, literally. I use playing pretty good as of late. I will say they that. Um, but <laughs> if Purdue, okay, so I'm probably going to be a little pessimistic here. That's unlike you. I know, waiting for the ball to drop a little bit. You know, that January, February lull that we are used to, you know, they get cold, they lose a few games. I'm kind of always waiting for that right now. So if Purdue goes into assembly and pulls off a win, I'm, like, going to be very impressed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, agreeing with everything both of you said, it's going to be the hardest environment these freshmen have played in. Um, Zach Zach Eady is going to be absolutely hammered the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we've seen it against every big he plays against. He just gets the hell kicked out of him. Um, and Trace Jackson Davis, I'm sure, is going to go at him hard. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think we all agree Edie's the better player. Uh, but and, and we rag on Jackson Davis a lot, but he is a very good player, um, and he's playing very yeah. good right now. So it is going to be a really fun matchup, a lot, uh, a lot of talent between the two of them but it's also going to be very tough. And Purdue shooters are going to have to step up. And on the road, uh, to Gabby's point, at Assembly Hall, you're not going to get the calls that you're going to get in Mackey or or most other places. So when Purdue gets to the line, they've got to take advantage and they've got to make those free throws. And that's why what happened against Michigan State really worries me. Um, when Purdue gets those free chances, they've got to take advantage uh, in Bloomington. See, the issue I'm starting to have is I don't know how Trace Jackson Davis is going to do against seven foot four. He's God. probably the most mobile big, but 
everyone's the, the marquee matchup is going to be Edie versus Trace Jackson Davis. I'm excited to see Braden Smith versus Jalen Hood Jafino. Yeah. We can start having that debate over freshman of the year if that comes, as well as Fletcher Lawyer and a few others thrown in. But just. Jafino was they, out of control last game. Yeah, he did great. He hit like five threes. <laughs> so. If Indiana can shoot from outside, that's when they're having their success. But we'll see how well Purdue can rotate in this environment. Normally, this season, Purdue has rotated very well and hasn't given up super easy threes. We mentioned like the Jalen Pickett game where Penn State got hot from deep, but those were not easy threes to make. So if Purdue can defend the perimeter and put the ball in Trace Jackson Davis's hands solely, I think Purdue has the advantage if it's just the big men trying to score. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Gabby, any final thoughts on this matchup? No, I would love... TJD is right up there with Dickinson. I can't stand him. I know he's good, but I would just love if Edie shut him down. Yeah, yeah, it would be great. dominated them. Also, can we point out that somehow this is not the marquee matchup on ESPN? Of the I weekend? saw it. Wasn't it? I forget who it was. Was it Duke, Duke North Carolina? North Carolina. Duke. Yeah. Yeah. And how is that the game? How? I don't know. Well, I mean, it's the best rivalry in college basketball history, but not right now. Yeah. Uh, and number one team versus a ranked IU at IU versus a former number one UNC. Well, yeah, I tweeted. I tweeted that they was probably for safety. They didn't want their heads to get yeah cut yeah. off by right. some okay. shrapnel. Uh, gotcha. And mm-hmm. also, ESPN very mad at the Big Ten right now because of the new media rights deals. So I do yeah. think that might be part of it. As much as they would probably say they would never make decisions based on that, but uh, I got one yeah, final okay. one final question before we go out. Um, throughout your time as a Purdue fan, who is your least favorite or most hated IU basketball player. And I know it's a long list. I know there's probably a lot of names going through your head. So I'll give you a minute. I'm going to give you two names because I'm the host. I can take all the liberties I want. I'm going to give you two (laughs) names that stick out. Uh, One, Will Sheehy, because when he came into Mackey and Purdue got absolutely trounced by IU, he was just jawing with the crowd the whole time. He was flexing toward everybody. And, oh, man, we were everyone in the paint crew wanted to jump over and just kill that guy. Um, so we really hated him. Uh, the other one, I, I'm going to go uh, with Jordan Halls because that guy was just a killer. Um, and he had what we like to call a very punchable face. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't advocate violence here on the podcast, but man, really, really loved cheering against that guy. So maybe it's a sign of respect that I love cheering against those guys. Um, but you know, sports hate is a whole different thing than real hate. So, uh, mm-hmm. I guess I would say we, we, who do we sports hate the most? So Gabby, Ryan, do you guys have one in mind? Well, I won't, when I went to school or just right now or it, well, of all time. Okay. Well, I don't know of all time, but one player who's like rubbed me wrong last season. Now he's kind of, now he's hurt, so I kind of feel bad saying it. But that Xavier <laughs> Johnson. Okay. He he was just like 
like he was like tripping player. I the game I watched, I really did not like him. Now he's good, but I just didn't like his style of play. And then of course, I really don't like TJD. I don't like his facial expressions. I don't <laughs> like. He said nobody can guard me. Yeah. I don't know. I just I don't like him at all. Ryan, who pops into your head? So honestly, the first. Two people that pop into my head are Zach McRoberts. Oh, wow. Yeah, just the big tall guy from like 2017. Yeah, something like that. And um, Trey Galloway. He, okay. He just Galloway. looks like he deserves to be like a Hollister model. Yeah. It's just, I he's got, he's got that just, he looks like the bad guy from the original Teen Wolf movie. <laughs> I literally tweeted it. He looks like a 2000s Abercrombie model. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks like the, one. he looks like the bad guy in every 2000s movie who's like dating the cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. And yes. then, but like yeah. is a real like jerk. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, but I love him. And then he gets caught yeah. and then you, everybody realizes he's a jerk and turns on him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a yeah. good one. So, I mean, yeah, they've never done anything really wrong, per se, but, like, Trey Galloway's got a really face, yeah, too. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, and then there's pop- always Joey Brunk. Oh, yeah, I didn't <laughs> like Brock. Yeah. I mean, I could go I could go further back, but it's, mm-hmm. I feel like so many of the people who really have, like, a bring up a reaction in me are the ones that played when I was a student. Um, so that's why those two guys pop into my head. Now, what about Archie? <laughs> yeah, that's what I just said, little Archie. I'm just indifferent no. to that man. It has to be Cream. I love Archie. I Tommy want that guy to be head coach always. Well, yeah, Crean was at least entertaining. Our Archie Miller was just angry all the time and like constant complaining. Whereas Tom Crean was just the weirdest human being to ever coach <laughs> so basketball. Weird. It's fun when he's the uh, the what? analyst on during halftime of whatever games now. It's fantastic. He's just he's a bizarre human being. The the gif of him licking his lips and pulling up his pants as Ryan Smith goes by <laughs> has got to be just an all time gif. I mean, one of the weirdest things you'll ever see. Did you ever follow the Creamy Tom Twitter? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, was so that was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, all right, folks, there you have it. Purdue men's basketball, women's basketball, both doing well right now, uh, hoping for more victories, and we're going to record one more time before the IU game, so hopefully we'll come with some IU stories um, and really focus on, on them in our next podcast. So uh, for Ryan, for Gabby, and myself, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll chat with you in the middle of the week, folks. Boiler up. Down. Go Boilers. Go Boilers.